I, I have been doing a lot of research here in the background and Arnold's coffee shop is looking for international um, <laughs> franchisees. <laughs> Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode 22 of season four of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide and recorded from the state of hockey. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey everyone, uh, Rob Gilreath. Hey guys, and Matt Cavender. What's going on, everyone? Uh, this week, following the buy that we crushed, as Matt would say, and going Kick into the, the buy final... week's ass, baby. Let's go for the second <laughs> time. We have <laughs> the buy week is our bitch. <laughs> and going into the final weekend of the regular season for the CCHA, at least uh, we reached out to Jack Hittinger, who covers the CCHA for US- USCHO. Thanks for joining us, Jack. Thanks for having me. Uh, I guess. This... Yeah, again, yeah. This week we'll discuss the the Joe Show. If we've got anything to talk about, we'll get Jack's thoughts on the CCHA, NCA hockey, and the tournament to come. Speculate on picks for regular season awards in the CCHA, and preview the final weekend for the conference. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Seems like a big agenda. Oh, well, yeah, we'll get there. Uh, all right, let's do the thank you notes. Plus a brief note from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at FibkeDental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E Dental.com. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at livoniatech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A tech dot net. All right, welcome back. Uh, let's get right into things. Uh, Jack, what are, you, what are your perception of the CCHA this year overall? I mean, I think it's similar to what we've seen the past couple of years with the old, old new WCHA. Just it's really close. And I think, I don't, I mean, I don't think anyone picked tech to be here. Like just fighting for the McNaughton at the end of the year, but I don't know if I feel like last year with Minnesota state clinching a little bit earlier, that was more of an anomaly than like it should be. It seems like usually I, I did some of this research a couple weeks ago when I was did the column and it seems like um, more often than not, it comes down to the last, last week or two of the season. So um, I think maybe aside from the COVID year, which I don't really count, uh, there's only been like two seasons where it hasn't been that way. So I'm not really surprised, but like I said, I think I am 
I think maybe we're surprised at which teams are here. Um, so yeah. I don't know what, what, what you guys think about that. I mean, I think it's pretty like going into the season. I think we did kind of talk about how, how wide open this conference might be this season. And it kind of has played out that way other than Minnesota state's run in 2023. That is basically, or that has solidified them a top two finish again. Um, but you're still going into the last weekend with, with what, three teams that are still fighting for that last home ice spot. St. Thomas is one point away from still being possibly getting home ice, but they're still, they can get all the way up to fifth, even though they're sitting seventh right now. But the only thing guaranteed right now is Lake State finishing eighth and everything else can move around yet. Um, Bowling Green's possibly stuck at third but Bemidji could still technically pass them and and it's just it's been really nice to see the conference overall being a little more interesting and not quite as predictable with teams at the bottom like I think a lot of teams have or a lot of the teams towards the bottom have stolen some points but it doesn't feel quite as bad as it did in the past because they they aren't just stealing from I guess from tech, right? <laughs> it's everybody's had their struggles with Lake State at some point and St. Thomas and Ferris State was looking like a potential uh home ice team going into last weekend and then kind of laid an egg against Northern and Northern kind of looked dead going into last weekend and then put up what was it 17 goals. So uh, it it's it's nice to see that it's gotten a little more unpredictable. If only they had done a little better non-conference, we'd be probably looking at, you know, solidly two or three berths instead of being, instead of wondering what's going to happen. I mean, I know I looked at pairwise a little bit, and if if Michigan Tech were to somehow sweep this weekend in Mankato, as, as challenging as that would be, it, it really puts Minnesota State hardcore on the bubble and makes it difficult for them to get in without winning the tournament. So it's, it's interesting for sure. And I, I, what did the rest of you guys think? I mean, there's definitely times when I, I, I'm cheering for the results that'll make the best thing happen for the league. But if Minnesota state misses the tournament, cause we sweep them and bring home the gun, I will give zero <laughs> craps <laughs> whatsoever about being a one bid league. Yeah. Same. And yeah. I, and I get to once again, dance on the grave of Minnesota sports fans. And we all know how happy that makes me. <laughs> But it's in, in terms of just like the how the league's shaking out. I mean, I can't say enough about how fun it's been. It's been to watch a league with just so much parity, and uh, it's it's really been cool to see how well Tech has been doing despite our really low expectations. Because I was thinking back, and I think at the beginning of the season, I said something like, "I think pessimistically we finish sixth, and most optimistically we finish like I forgot if it was third or fourth, but now we've basically locked up second at worst, and that's." There's no uh, basically we have we cannot yeah, finish yeah. third it, we can which finish is tied but we win the tiebreaker so which is incredible tied. to me because you know yeah. I've been I've been on the Joe Sean is the CCHA coach of the year bandwagon probably since mid December but <laughs> now that we're here I still feel that way because even though Minnesota State is still dominating this is more or less a down Minnesota State year and Joe Sean took a group with extremely low expectations and took them within striking distance of the regular season championship. Yeah. And I think this is 
I, I guess I don't quite remember what I said because Jack, you and I were both on the CCHA show earlier this year, weren't we? With, yeah. Uh, I with forget Shane. with Shane and uh, we kind of talked about who's going to win. And I think I, whenever we had that show, I think I kind of predicted this would happen where we might be going into that last weekend with Michigan tech and Minnesota state, both having a shot at the McNaughton cup. Yeah. I think I said it there. I may not have, it may have been on some December uh, chasing McNaughton podcast. I know I said it for sure uh, after July and after the Arizona tournament, but it, it seems like this is where it was going. Um, so I think it's really cool that we've gotten this far and, you know, obviously as tech fans, we're a little bit frustrated with some of the points they gave up earlier in the season that have put them in the position where they need to do more than split this weekend to get a share of the McNaughton cup. Uh, but at the same time, if you'd have told me before the season started that Michigan tech would be going to Mankato the last weekend with any chance at the McNaughton cup, I would have taken that in a heartbeat. So I'm excited to be going to the games this weekend and, and see that happen. It'll be interesting to see just how full the building is since it's pretty much sold out already. So it should be fun down there. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's definitely interesting to see, uh, you know, I, I know we said that I, we didn't think anybody did a coach or a, a media poll this year, right? For the season. No, I don't, think, so. I don't yeah. think we've done those. We haven't done those since at least before COVID. Okay. Uh, and I know, I know what you, I think you said you and or Shane had worked on it over time, right? And, yeah. but it gets really hard to get, like, there's a lot of schools where it's pretty easy to get two votes. And then there's other schools where it's really hard to get a vote. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I would usually do was try and find like a broadcaster. Yeah. Like most of the teams at the time had their own play by play people. And um, so I would try and get like a broadcaster or like yeah, at least one broadcaster and one like Prince outlets. And then I try and find if anyone else wanted to do it. There were some, I remember there were some markets where it was like, hey, I'm going to send this to all the, the UP TV people and they'll just vote for whatever. And I think I did that to some other like media outlets too that covered more than one team, like like Alaska and stuff. Yeah. But they, it was getting to the point where some teams just like, some people just didn't have as much coverage as others. Like Huntsville didn't have as much coverage as others and some others didn't. And then it was just kind of a pain in the butt to schedule. Well, I, I know but back when we do. But I know back when we did the weekly poll for the WCHA uh, toward after it, the changes, the first, yeah, the first room uh, after the first reshuffling, it was really hard to get people to vote from the Alaska schools and Lake State and, and get them to do that <clears throat> weekly and everything. So I can see that being a being difficult even at the beginning of the yeah. year to get enough people to feel like you get a a good representation of everything. Yeah. There were some people that were really enthusiastic about it, like Jeff and all those guys from UAH hockey. Yeah. Um, they were like all in really into it as well. Yeah. But yeah. like finding like more than them to cover Huntsville, for example, was always difficult. But yeah. Um, which is sad, but uh, it also goes to show the dedication that they had. So um so yeah, I, I I guess we didn't really have a media poll. I guess we used the coaches poll that's sort of a little bit of a of a consensus, but I think 
even with the coaches, most of them picked <laughs> most of them picked Mankato. Right? Um, there might have been two votes for somebody else, maybe. I don't Northern remember. was was it Northern and yeah, another one too. Two or votes was... for Northern. Okay, so I know that's that's. I feel like there were a couple people that thought it would be Northern. Um, maybe in the media, people were picking. Bowling Green and Bemidji. I know, obviously, Tim picked Lake State and uh, Tim. Luckily, <laughs> I, I, was, I was actually just obviously like trying to find the rest of his. Been, he, uh, he predicted the whole thing, didn't he? Just not just Lake State first. He had a whole. Yeah, I mean, I did too. I think, but I don't. I actually don't remember who I. I think I picked Mankato just because I was like, you we, know, I think when I think when that. we talked pre preseason, we talked a lot about Mankato because it's kind of like we keep talking about them having a rebuild year and they just keep reloading. So until they prove us, otherwise we're going to keep picking them kind of thing. I'm pretty yeah, sure I mean, that's where dust is at, right? Sorry. I, I what was that? I'm pretty sure that's where you stood on it, right? Basically saying we're going to pick Mankato till they prove us. Oh, otherwise. Yeah. 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 I mean, with that kind of track record, I mean, how can you doubt them? Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. And that's how I I would pick any league. Like when I'm looking at the NHL, like last year with Tampa, you know, you're the cup champ until you're not in my eyes. And that's, I think it goes same for McNaughton. And it's just, it's a logical pick until they give you a reason to doubt them. There's just no reason to pick against them. I think. Yeah. Well, sorry. I'm going back and looking at my own predictions just on USCHO. And I had Mankato and then I had Bowling Green. I had, I had tech as sixth. Which I think maybe just shows you <laughs> how much people didn't really think that they were going to come back and do much. And I don't know. I mean, it seems like Joe has also thought that too. So I don't know if it's just the media that, uh, that thought that. But um, so I don't know if we want to have that conversation about coach of the year right now, but I feel like Joe has got to win it. I, I, just to me, it doesn't even seem like it's a question. Yeah, I, I listened to an argument for Rico because of how much St. Thomas has improved, but I think at the end of the day, that it ends up being a losing argument compared to how low tax expectations were after last year's results. Losing what we did, not really thinking this group would produce very much, and walking away with a damn good league record. Yeah, I, I think Rico, I can see, but I don't think it's got. I, I think, yeah, I think you're spot on. Yeah, I'd listen to a Rico, uh, or uh, until a couple weeks ago, I probably would have uh, listened to an argument for Eigner as well, but I think that's kind of fallen off. Yeah. I mean, I suppose Eigner would probably deserve it if they somehow uh, swept and we got swept and they're technically tied for second. But yeah, I think the expectations coming in of where, like, uh, not that we put much in Tim Rapley because he picked Lake State first, but I found his predictions. He had Tech seventh. Hey, let's <laughs> let's remember that it took him like two weeks to walk back that Lake State prediction. We right, gotta give him the benefit of that doubt. That was two weeks too long, but okay. <laughs> uh, but he so his predictions were Lake State, Minnesota State, Bowling Green, Northern, Ferris, Bemidji State, Minnesota State, or Michigan Tech, and then St. Thomas. So. He had two teams that are uh, one that is definitely getting home ice and one that potentially could end up with home ice predicted six and seven. So um, not that not that that's all that surprising, because I just think well, I also think predictions are getting a lot more difficult with the portal because it's so much more hard to judge 
the impact of those players and and your returning goals versus your incoming stat uh, players, it's just harder to predict how that's all going to work out and shake out. Yeah, uh, so Maybe it just makes it more thought. difficult. Yeah, I mean St. Thomas with Mac. Uh, we talked about him before the record too. Just Mac Myers is one of the top scorers. I don't think he did much at Northern, and he's probably one of their best players right now. I think he's probably gonna be St. Thomas's best player next year for sure. Like I think he'll be on the short list for some of those awards next year. Yeah. Um, it's just what, one of those things where you, it's not even, it doesn't even, you can go into the season and have all these transfers and not even necessarily know uh, this player, like, Hey, this player was a death player for the Gophers. And now he's leading the CCHA or whatever it is like that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, look at uh, tech as Jack works, who was a part of the championship team for Denver last year, but he didn't play a ton. And he comes in and he is like a little spark plug workhorse player that's doing a great job in his role and providing, uh, I don't even, I guess I don't know where I'd say he he's is, been, second or third line, right? He's been one of my favorite favorite players for the year. Yeah, Just for sure. His antics on ice as well as the, you know, <laughs> what he's doing is, has been great. Yeah. So to kind of get back to predicting what we think is going to happen for ccha awards one note for for all of our listeners is that technically these awards are supposed to be about ccha regular season games so just the 26 games that count in the conference standings those are the games that are supposed to be determining who wins these awards it doesn't always play out quite that way and especially this year it might be a little different because Without our uh, favorite uh, collegehockeystats.net, it makes it a lot harder to figure some of this stuff out because you can't uh, widow down to conference stats as easily and figure out who the freshmen are as easily. So it gets a little more complicated to figure this stuff out. But we talked about coach of the year and how we think uh, Joe's the front runner. Uh, What do we think about MVP? I would say it's between Swankler and David Cilia. Um, I mean, I think Mosley's been pretty good. I think we talked about this a little bit too, but um, well, if, I mean, you might if, if, a lot. if you're doing like the MVP baseball argument, like most valuable player to their team, um, you probably you would want to add uh, Piedela to the mix there, yeah, because just of how good he's been uh, for tech. In general, and there's precedent for that. Obviously, Dryden won Player of the Year a couple times, or at least once. Uh, I know Bitzer won Player of the Year uh, back in the old WCHA. So goalies have won it before, so it's not unprecedented. Um, so I think you've got to got to think about that. But I think I don't know. I, I guess I don't know what the league coaches will do, um, since I think they're the ones that vote. I don't know if anybody else, but the coaches vote on these awards. So. Um, I would say probably Blake or Cilia, just given how good their teams have been. Um, and Cilia has even been a guy that I feel like he was playing for them last year, but he didn't really get as much of the accolades that last year that he did this year. I think he, I feel like I've, I've heard his name a lot this year for Mankato. So, um, I would say one of those two guys. So, I don't know what you guys think. I mean, I probably know what you guys want to say. So <laughs> I actually, I actually agree with you. I think it's a coin flip between those two, and I agree with our columnist Jonathan Zamatis that 
If if I'm given a vote, I wouldn't even consider Swankler because even though it, what he puts out on the ice is undeniable, I still think it's kind of a crack he's even allowed to play college hockey. So I don't want to <laughs> well, give him and, and, and I think on the in the other token for him specifically is he's like second in the conference in penalty minutes. He's he's gotten in some trouble. So I just think think uh, him and him and thinking holistically, yeah, I holistically. Hear what you're there's yeah. some negatives there that take away from him being a most valuable player. Not that he shouldn't be on the all in that conversation team, on the short list, yeah. But the, like, it's pretty easy to break the tie between him and Celia by saying Celia is a more well-rounded player that plays a cleaner game. Uh, yeah. And then the harder debate becomes: Do you give it to Celia, or or do you give it to a guy who can win a different award? Has Pietla done enough? for tech in conference to deserve potentially two awards. Yeah. Because uh, if you, if you're a goalie winning MVP, then you're, there's pretty much no logical reason you shouldn't win goalie of the year. Unless well, you're somehow I mean, the MVP without being the best goalie, which well, is, we're already, I mean, you know, we can talk about goalie of the year. It's, I was looking at the stats for in conference and I don't think you can really make a case for anybody else. I don't even know why you'd bother like spending too much time on this one personally. He's got five shutouts in conference play. Nobody else in the conference has even three overall that I could find quickly. No, I think. Then, uh, yeah. I was just going to say, like, I think maybe this is more of a discussion before the new year. Like, I, th- oh, I think definitely. Year, there was maybe some discussion. Maybe, I mean, Shoal was pretty good. Um, uh, th- there was somebody else that we were mentioning at the start of the year, and I can't, now I can't even remember who. Uh, but, like, Hawaz is pretty good, I think, at the start of the year. Maybe uh uh what's the kid the kid from um uh um, Stover, maybe? Yeah. Uh the kid from Bowling Green, yeah, Stover. Yep. But yeah. I feel like there's no question since 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 then. <laughs> uh no. I mean so Keegan Rins, or Keenan Red Sear is the only goalie with a better goals against average in conference, but he's played in three less games and seen over two hundred less shots. And his save percentage, Rinsier's save percentage is eighth best in conference for those who qualify. So it's not, it, it, I don't know how you can take the guy who's got the eighth best save percentage and put him in the same category just because he's got a little better goals against average. And he's seeing the, the eighth most shots of the primary goalie of each team. And then Blake has the best save percentage in the conference by, but it's only, it's two. It's nine twenty-five to nine twenty over Stover, but then Stover's at two point six goals against average. So again, it's just some other players might beat him in specific categories, but overall, Blake is clearly the best goalie in the conference. Especially when you throw in the five shutouts and the run he's been on, especially the run he went on in January to win goalie of the month. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Not that Mankato couldn't run it up this weekend and screw that all up in some fashion, but it still <laughs> seems hard to believe that that would happen in any, like to be bad enough to, to kind of take that award away from him. So, well, you also think, I mean, I would have to think that the coaches know they see one bad game. I mean, get, if he's, they give up seven goals or whatever, like, I think the coaches will know oh, that was one bad game. Like that's not necessarily a reflection of him being not a good goalie. Like if that yeah. I think maybe they would know that uh, 
he's still the most valuable goalie to the team. Um, maybe it's not all about numbers. I, I don't know how they if they do it straight on the numbers or. Um, so I was just looking back. There's also the forward of the year award too that they awarded last year. So I think there would be that to give to somebody else. Um, okay. So there is a forward of the year too. So that would probably be Swinkler, Cilia, and um, David Smith won last year. I just looked it up um, for Mankato. So okay. I guess that maybe that makes it a better chance that Pietala could win player of the year as well, just because there is a separate offensive award. Okay. I don't even know who we would throw in as kind of the third finalist for that one, though. Yeah, to me, I, I don't think it's worth spending too much time on that one. I think we're <laughs> walking away with that award. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doing like a top three, I think I would put Mac Byers in there just because I, I think he's a good player. And okay. uh, it's probably underrated for St. Thomas, um, like I said. But I don't think – I think it's going to be either yeah. – for that one, I think it would be either Swankler or Silly. I don't yeah. think there's – yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think St. Thomas deserves a lot of credit for how much better they were this year compared to how a lot of people placed them. The market improvement from last year, but I'm not sure if the resume is strong enough to put them in uh, in that kind of a ballot. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of their players too are like, uh, "Oh, they're going to be pretty good next year." <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's skip to defensemen because we'll leave the hardest one for last. Uh, <laughs> defenseman of the year. I, I know Harrison kind of threw out some names and, and I haven't had a whole lot of time to look into this, but after looking a little bit, I think he's, I think he's kind of nailed who could win it. And I think it, I think it really is Hiroshi, uh or Rosen with, with a nod to Livingstone and Thorne, but I, I, I just don't see Thorne winning that award. I think he should be recognized and definitely make an all conference team, but, I think it's Hiroshi or Rosen myself. Yeah, I haven't even I haven't looked at seen Rosen's numbers. I know Hiroshi's been very good. Um because Rosen won two years ago in CTHA or WCHA. Um I can't remember who won it last year. Livingstone won it last year. So it's a couple of guys that have won already. Um and then Hiroshi, but I feel like it's going to be Hirose just because he's been really good. Um, I don't know if you have his numbers handy, but uh, it's hard to sort. Well, Rosen and Hirose are tied with 14 assists. They did not make the top 30 for goals, which I'm not surprised by. Um, And Rosen has 17 points. So Rosen's probably is the leading scorer uh, amongst defensemen. Unless there's somebody else in here that I that we're missing that we should be talking about, because <laughs> he's he's got three goals in in fourteen assists, and uh, Hiroshi had fourteen assists and did not. Uh, I don't see him on here for the list of points. I don't think. Oh, there he is. So he's got. They both have three goals. Rosen's got one more assist. Okay. So, yeah, I guess I feel like that one's kind of a toss up. Then I don't really, yeah. um, I know Rosen's really good. I know Rosie's really, I like, I, I know they're both good, so I don't even know. I think it'll probably maybe just come down to, I mean, 
I know I just said that you don't want one weekend to find out it goes, but it might come down to this weekend if one of them has a big weekend. Maybe the coach will see that and yeah, uh, that'll tip tip if it's like really close. I, I don't know. I don't know. And, like, if, and I think the only like I I guess I don't know, but one thing that I'm looking at here is looking at you know Minnesota State's allowed the second least goals in conference, but they're playing in front of a goalie who struggled more. So maybe I could see favoring Hiroshi for that award, knowing that they've probably done more in front of the goalie to, to dictate the fact that they're second in second fewest goals allowed. But like, yeah. like we said, this weekend could, could really play into all of that. If one of them goes off or, you know, or Minnesota state has a bad weekend and gives up a bunch of goals or something, or, or Bemidji does the same thing. Like it can really change how you might feel about breaking that tie between those two, but it, it seems like it's between those two. Uh, anybody else got anything you want to say about that? No, nah, it's probably a two horse race. I agree. No, you guys have covered it pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. We fund everything a tech hockey guide from listeners like you. You can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash tech hockey guide. Whether you're interested in question priority, access to patron only Zoom chats with coaches and players, instat deep dives, extended versions of the podcast, unedited video or audio, early access or commercial free listening, there's a level for you. We also now have 15% discounts off annual memberships with tiers ranging from $2 to $50 per month. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash tech hockey guide. So now we can talk about the uh, the probability matrix and, and what that means for Michigan Tech's chances here. Dustin, did you update that at all with where we're at? I did. Yeah. Uh, the problem is it's on the computer here that is going to make my face go all crazy. <laughs> Please, that's the content that people crave. You can do it. For so the four me... people that watch on YouTube, I think yeah. that's okay. <laughs> so let me pull it up and copy and paste it. Okay. Because I actually I actually restarted my computer right before this, thinking that maybe that would help, and it obviously didn't. <laughs> all right. Well, while you're working on that, we'll kind of go over here what uh, playoff status and the probably the CHN probability matrix have to say. Um so after the weekend's games, Michigan Tech's uh, current probability of making the NCAA tournament, according to playoff status, is sitting at 90%. Um, apparently, uh, it is not 100% if Michigan Tech were to somehow win out but lose the conference uh, final right now, which I find odd. I would think that would be enough. I suppose there's the less than 1% chance that six teams win conference tournaments that aren't in otherwise. But I guess that's that seems like the only way that Michigan Tech would not be in if they swept Mankato and made it to the 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 Mason Cup final. So, um, and then the probability matrix has Michigan Tech actually higher at 
with a 36% chance of winning the Mason Cup and a and a 57% chance of getting the getting an at large bid. Um I know we talked about Minnesota State a little bit earlier about how if they get swept their odds probably get a their chances of getting in as an at large I think drop significantly. Uh, but right now they're sitting at 68% with a 38% chance of winning the uh, automatic qualifier, the conference tournament, and 30% as an at-large, which which seems about right. And then everybody else in uh, the CCHA is uh, all about that automatic qualifier. I did mention to uh, Wooden that he had, the probability matrix is allowing for St. Thomas to win the conference and make the tournament, but he said... He wasn't going to deal with that exception because it's one percent of the time, and is he quote unquote said soon enough that won't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so, and he basically said it kind of falls in the same category as the like eighteen percent of the time that Notre Dame would get in, but there would not be above five hundred, and Michigan State's five percent, and Minnesota Duluth's non-zero chance of being top sixteen, but not getting in because they're below 500 somehow so uh i i think that's interesting it'd be nice if bu would stop sucking and stay <laughs> up higher in the pairwise uh, <laughs> uh but alaska's been doing great i uh i watched some of that series this weekend and they're certainly helping us out staying in the top 20 and and have a 17 percent chance now of of getting the the at-large bid i know um Jackie, did you end up writing that piece about Alaska's chances? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, I basically I talked to Eric Largen basically, and he was I mean, sort of the same sort of coach speak stuff about just we we just know we gotta keep winning. And I think I talked to him before the first LIU series, and then it came out on Tuesday after they had already lost. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> Hopefully it's yeah. uh it turned out that that didn't actually kill their chances. So that was good to see. And I think um, the fact that they were able to come back and um, sweep at home is a good sign. Yeah, because uh, were they down in both those games? I know they were down at least in Saturdays. The first one they were down one nothing, and then they right. came back. But the second one they were down three nothing. It was like three nothing or something. Yeah, two or three nothing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Scored like four or five unanswered to win, or six unanswered. I don't even. Yeah, know. I think it may have been two to one. And then three one, and then six to three. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, also, I mean, I'll put this in the chat here and link it. But basically, uh, he did tell me that they had had some talks with some other independents to maybe form an official conference, but nothing really has come of it, obviously. But, um, because I was asking just, I mean, being an independent must suck, basically. <laughs> and he said, yeah, our goal right now is to be the best of the independents, try and get to an at-large bid. Um, I think he was saying that the NCAA was talking about not allowing single sport conferences, which seems very stupid, but maybe <laughs> a little bit. Well, they good. Let's up. let's run the NCHC. That's awesome. Fine with me. Well, they've talked about um, some of the other... Uh, They've talked to some of the other independents informally about maybe doing an official conference as opposed to just this scheduling agreement, which they sort of have by default. Yeah. Well, it, it's got to be nicer for them now than it was at the beginning, because at least they have a handful of teams to play 
when the rest of the conferences are like, yeah, we're going to play conference the rest of the year now. Yeah, which is nice. So that's why they played they played LIU twice out there, and then they both boarded the plane and came back to Alaska. <laughs> and then now they're playing Arizona State again. Yeah, played them three weeks ago in yeah. Alaska. Yeah, another Lindenwood. So they have enough teams. I think the problem is going to be well, if Arizona State joins the conference, then maybe there's a few less. Yeah, and if LIU joins. The the the, uh, the Northeast Ten play up league that might happen like pretty fast. You're back into trouble where you don't have anybody to play at the end of the year. Yeah, unless you just play Lindenwood and Anchorage, <laughs> yeah, times or whatever. Which uh, I mean, whatever. or visit or visit whatever Big Ten team is off this week, right? But I guess if Arizona State went there, then that doesn't happen either. So I don't know. So I yeah, guess I, I guess the C I guess the CCHA would have uh, some open weeks when Augustana's a full yeah, member. So, so that was the that was the most revelatory thing that we talked about, just okay. potential conference destinations. But, um, I mean, basically, he was telling me. I mean, he they sort of have a similar recipe that St. Thomas has, and they lost a lot of guys because that COVID year, and they were able to get a few. Uh, like their their best players are sophomores and a couple of transfers. Like one's a gopher transfer and one is from I think their goalies from Holy Cross or somewhere out east. So yeah. Uh, they've been pretty good. And I hope that they can make a run uh and make the tournament as an at large because that would be fun. But also it would just maybe give give some maybe that would be an incentive for some other teams to start some programs and say, hey, maybe you can actually make the tournament as an independent if you just uh, have some a good coach and have a good class, and you don't necessarily need to have a conference to be successful, which would be nice just to have more programs out there. Yeah, I you know I would think that if they can win out, that their chances have to be kind of a coin flip, especially if you can get conference tournaments to go pretty chalky. So it it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I think. Jimmy Connolly of UCHO, I think he said he ran some math on their podcast today and um like they 17% or whatever, but he said that the scenarios where it happens aren't like ones where you think, oh, that'll never happen. They're like like you yeah. said, like conference things. If they went out, yeah. that actually gets them a pretty good good shot of but I think everything needs to go just how they need it. So yeah, the the common yeah. opponent when it's like Denver and Notre Dame and or maybe not Notre Dame, I don't whatever. <laughs> I think some of those common opponents they have to have win, um, get in, which I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah. And it would probably help Michigan Tech too if they kept winning, obviously. Yeah. No, having two quality wins against a team that's fifteenth or fourteenth on the pairwise certainly helps more than one at eighteen. So um so Dustin, did you did you share that chart? Yeah, it's in the chat. Okay. So it's not a whole lot different than last week. Um, actually, some of the most interesting things on there that are different from last week don't really impact tech, but we can still talk about them. Um, I guess the most obvious thing you'll see is the number three seed is significantly lower than average now. And there's a really big gap between one and two and the, everyone else. Okay. Um you can see the the line is pretty flat. The light blue line is pretty flat from three all the way down to nine. I mean, that's telling me that those last two number one seeds are completely up for grabs, and there are quite a few teams 
in the running for him. Yeah, and there's a lot of it's 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 fun to go through the exercise of like the uh the uh the bracketology stuff, but it's when you look at this, you can tell just how early it is because if any team from three through nine has a shot at still being a one seed, a two seed, or a three seed, <laughs> that, yeah, that, exactly. that's, that that's that makes it really difficult for bracketology to mean anything right now. Not right. that that's surprised, but they're a fun exercise to see what could happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought I thought the thing that I like the most is that you know, I think a tech split kind of keeps them right where they are, right? It does, yeah. A tech split uh, pretty much does nothing. They're, nothing. Tech's yeah. eleven. Uh, Minnesota State's 12, I think, or 13. And then, so, like, it's nice to see that this weekend, like, obviously could help Tech. You get the sweep, and you are pretty much guaranteed that you're going to make the tournament, uh, you know, failing getting swept by Lake State or something crazy. Uh, So, Uh but, you know, that's going to be a very difficult task. But it's still nice to see that Michigan Tech is... Is is in a good place that even if they get swept, if they can win some games, but maybe not win the conference tournament, they still should be in that eleven twelve range. Yep, for sure. the 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 other really cool thing is if they do manage to sweep Mankato. I mean, that's a really big if, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it opens up. I mean, it kind of launches them into that chunk of teams that is pretty flat, like. Yeah, you can so, start so to they, you can it gets them into that range where they can start to increase their pairwise pretty quickly, depending on what the results of other teams are. And that's where the the weird probability matrix stuff comes in, where like uh, CHN says Michigan Tech has a non-zero chance of the fourth overall seed. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's very close to zero, but it's not zero. But it, it, it if they win crazy, out, but... they could be a one seed if they other things fall right, mm-hmm. which is crazy. And you can, like I said, you can kind of see that in the graph. Once once you get to nine, the teams are pretty bunched. Yeah, and and not all of those top eight are going to win out because a handful of them are are Big Ten and NCHC teams. So you you can you can honestly see a path to really gaining some momentum if you if you can make the ccha championship game so that's kind of mm-hmm. cool yep uh, let's see what else we got what else were we going to talk about i guess we can just preview the final weekend we talked about the tech series um i don't know how much i really want to get into it i guess for our listeners i know we said it on discord and if you would like to join our discord like jack who is our most recent addition to the Discord. And I'm sure he's loving it so far. Right, Jack? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a fun place to hang out and chat about tech hockey and the CCHA overall. Um, if you haven't joined yet, you can go to techhockeyguide.com slash Discord, and there'll be a link there, or there'll be a, a, a button there to join our Discord and sign up for that. Um, but we talked on there a little bit about it, so... And I know Perry will be releasing some stuff, but as we said earlier in the podcast, Michigan Tech is guaranteed the second seed at least. Um, they could finish tied with Bowling Green, but they win the tiebreaker on, I believe it's um, uh, regulation win percentage um, because they would both be tied head-to-head to two and two. 
but but tech would have the better win percentage because they they uh, I forget what it is, but it's because they've 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 done better uh, in the games that they haven't gone to overtime basically. Um, but beyond that, uh, Michigan Tech, if they finish tied with Minnesota State, will be the one seed if they can do that, because regardless of how that would happen, which is either um, Michigan Tech winning and then losing in overtime or a shootout to get four points to Minnesota State's two, Michigan Tech would then win the head-to-head matchup on two regulation wins to Mankato's none. Or if Michigan Tech were to win in overtime or a shootout twice, which I know based on their record this season is very <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> Let's not try that path. That That's the other way <laughs> to get there, to get a tie and still win the McNaughton because then Michigan Tech would still win on regulation wins because they'd have the only regulation win between the two teams. Um but beyond that, if Michigan Tech somehow gets five or six points, they are outright champions for the first time since, I believe, 1976 for the McNaughton Cup. Um, so that would be pretty cool. Um, as I told Suzanne last week, I will be at the games. Uh, Dustin, I don't know. Were you still hoping to make it? Are I think it's get probably a, a pretty low <clears throat> chance that I can. Like I okay. said, the kid's going in for surgery on Friday. Okay. Um. And most likely, I will be sitting at home. Okay. And and then tickets are pretty much sold out, so you'd be standing room unless I uh, unless I get the nerve to uh, join Dirk on the radio, and then you can have my seat. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. But uh, I'll be going. I told I told Suzanne last week. I think I'm something like seven and one in the eight games I've attended this year. So hopefully that that winning percentage tracks and. We can get five more points this weekend and uh, at least and find a way to uh, win the cup outright, which would be awesome. I know Suzanne would be excited to be driving around the Keweenaw with with the cup in the car to show it off to all the former presidents and whatever that still live in town. But uh, I'm honestly not sure that will happen, but hopefully Michigan Tech gets is can get out of its... Uh, bye week funk here and come out strong on Friday night and get a win and force the 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 deciding game to be the final game of the year which I think would be great for uh, Michigan Tech and the league to to have it go down to the wire here so what do you guys think is going to happen in the series does Tech win the McNaughton or a share I, I just hope they win on Friday night to make it interesting yeah I'm going to be yeah. the I'm going to be the pessimistic one and say it's just a straight up split and we miss out on it by a couple. I I would not yeah. at all be surprised if that's what happens. I I struggle to see the series going the way it did back in the uh, back in Houghton where Tech basically played five awesome periods and then kind of fell apart at the end and gave Minnesota State uh two points. Uh mm-hmm be nice to have those two points back right now to be sitting uh uh you know two points ahead of Minnesota State instead of two points behind going into the last lack weekend. I but, I do think I do think well I both teams are much better teams right now than they were when they first played. I agree with that. It's yes. I don't think it's even close. No. Both of them have been on a tear this entire half of the season. So Yeah. Um 
You know what? I've done a fantastic job this season of being much more objective in my analysis and picks than. So you're throwing uh, that out the window right now, aren't you? Is I am absolutely. You, you mean to tell me we made it? We made it to the McNaughton Cup, and you want me to sit there and be like, "Hmm, and what to do?" Okay, we've made it this far. It's time to be a homer. We've done it. <laughs> we did. We I I played the game for long enough. We're in striking distance, and uh, you know, if we're actually going to take a step back and like look at this for a second, like it's it's going to be a very fun weekend, first of all. But second of all, I think Minnesota State has proven that they are a, a much more beatable team this year than they have been in years past. What that means to you might not be a whole lot because being a little bit more beatable when you're the Mavericks the way they've been is is not saying a whole lot. But with that said, this is this is a tall ask. But it's not an impossible ask. I think I don't know how they do it. I don't know in what like like I don't know in what manner they do it. But I think Tech gets out of there with at least a share of the McNaughton Cup. What what happens if um, Tech can't get there for Friday night's game because of the upcoming <laughs> yeah. snowpocalypse? Saturday Sunday series, baby. Let's go. There. Uh, what did they? What did uh, on the Joe show today? Um, they're going to Duluth. Max, Max said they're going to Duluth on is it Wednesday? Wednesday, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Wednesday to Thursday or Wednesday Thursday is going to be pretty ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they might want to just try and get to Mankato bit. right away. <laughs> <laughs> just so they're there. Like I know uh for all the all the all the fans out there that ordered jerseys, the the jerseys are supposed to be shipped here the the labels have been printed. They say they're supposed to arrive tomorrow, but they're obviously not if they don't actually get shipped today. Um, so I'm getting a little nervous if they don't get shipped today that they're going to get delayed in the in the snowpocalypse here, and I don't know when I'll get them, or if the mail or if the UPS guy is going to want to walk up to my door and actually ring the damn doorbell in in a foot of snow in my driveway or what is it twenty seven inches maybe we're supposed to get around here? Yeah, the the peak is yeah. twenty seven or twenty eight inches. Yeah, and I think I fall right in the heart of that peak area, so I'm really looking forward to to all that i bought some extra uh bought some i filled up my gas can from a snowblower yesterday just to prepare so <laughs> um but yeah what if what happens if they can't make it what are we going to play saturday sunday <laughs> yeah, well, it's got to be saturday sunday right <laughs> i don't know I what guess. else and and as we talked about pre pre-tape it'll be really interesting to see what happens if tech manages to win friday and Minnesota State wins an overtime or shootout on Saturday, and they tie for the cup on the same game, which nobody clinched until that moment. What happens in the post game for celebrating the championship? Uh, Michigan I mean, Tech's the one seed, but the game happened in Mankato. What the hell actually happens in that moment? Hopefully, I, it doesn't kind happen of, because oh, it's going it to be, be so awkward and it, it would be really awkward. anticlimactic and. I, I'm really hoping, uh, but I am really hoping that Tech can win Friday. I think if Tech manages to win Friday, that they will find a way to play the game out in a fashion that gets them at least a share of the cup. So that's what I I'm thinking. Right. So is is Tech winning Friday? Is that a Piedela game? Does he win it for him? I kind of <laughs> think it. I think it is. Yeah. You know what? If St. Thomas can walk into Mankato and come out with a regulation, or no, it wasn't a regulation win, but they can walk out with a win. Yeah. 
what's stopping well, tech from doing it? No, there's no, nothing. There's nobody. No, that's why cast. I'm stoked on it. Um, yeah, but we need it. We need almost two. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem. I think seven points from Minnesota State. You guys are already halfway there, so I feel like if the Beavers can do it, the only other team that I think in the conference that can do it is Minnesota is Michigan Tech, just because of the way that you guys have played already against them once. Is what uh, get seven points? Is that what you said? Doesn't I think been... the Beavers took seven? No, wait, how many eight? Did they didn't they? Because yeah. if they sweep in Mankato, so that's what you guys need. It would be the equivalent of that, and I think. I think Michigan Tech can do that too. Well, Michigan Tech already has. Oh yeah, they already have four. Yeah, if they can get four they, more, they. Yeah. Michigan Tech can do that. Yep. No, I do. I definitely think it's doable. I definitely don't think. Uh, I don't think Tech gets swept just the way they play. Uh, I think it's going to be two good games. Hopefully, they're a little more exciting than the two games in Bemidji a couple weeks ago. But uh, and yeah, I think Saturday be. night game. Saturday night game wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, but Friday was 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 a bit of a slog. So, um, so who so who do we think gets the fourth home ice spot? Mm, at least for me, I well, I don't know. St. Thomas is playing has been playing really well, so I want to. They play the Beavers in St. Paul, so I want to say the Beavers are going to do it just because. Of how do they do they win the tiebreaker if they and Northern end up tied somehow? It's tiebreaker on that. Well, one. Northern's not sweeping Bowling Green, so that doesn't matter. <laughs> I didn't actually. <laughs> after, speaking of Northern, after last weekend, do you change your mind on your hypothetical? Who do you want to play in the first round? No. You still want Northern? We're yeah. not obviously. Think, we're not going to get them, but no. I think for I mean, being that anemic could. and then also factoring in the rivalry, it's it doesn't affect it, I, I I would be with him on that one. I think it'd still be fun to play Northern. And I like our chances in that matchup as well. Even I though think it's I would rather purely, play Northern yeah. than Ferris or St. Thomas. I'll take I, that to the bank as well. I want I want Lake State. You want Lake State? Well, I want Lake State because that means we won the conference. That's why I, I want don't, Lake State. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want Lake State. For some we struggled more against that team than I like. And even Matt, though they should Matt, be passed, I will take. Assist. I will. I will deal with that because that means we got the McNaughton Cup and the number one seed for the first time <laughs> in my life. Both of them. I will take that. I hear you. Because this the, team which... is also not the team. Like we played all four games against Lake State in 2022. Don't forget that. Mm-hmm. That is yeah, also that's... true. And they've this teams. Developed a lot since then. And we won't be coming off a bye week going into that playoff series either. So <laughs> I guess that is another thing to factor in uh to this weekend's matchup is the bye week is kind of historically once we kick the bye week's ass, the next team tends to kick ours a little bit. Yeah. So... <laughs> well, I would um, hope that they have got plenty of reasons to get up for this game. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I think the big difference between like the Lake State game and and uh, some of the other moments where that's happened this year is the gravity of this game and it's on the road i think tech plays a really good road game and i think getting like uh like the the carnival series had a little bit of issues i think with carnival um and then western that that's got to be something going into that building and playing in the first july there and just and western was just on fire that 
that weekend or whatever you want to call it since it wasn't. I think that's the worst tech looked all season. I mean, West uh, cat. Yeah. You know, tip, tip your cap to Western. They're a very good team, but I think effort wise, that was probably our worst game. They tech tech got hit in the jaw and just didn't get up. Like, yeah, Yeah. that was, that was a very, that was a very Mike Tyson. Everybody's got a plan to get punched in the mouth kind of thing. Right. Uh Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you're right, Jack, to get back to the point that I think Bemidji will find a way to get enough points to, to lock up that fourth, uh, home ice spot. Um, sorry, I was trying to figure out who has a tiebreaker. Uh, I think it's hard to figure out. I might have it right now, but it's hard to figure it out. So I can't, I try to figure out, I think it might be regulation wins because I split they split their regular season series, Bemidji and Northern did. So if it's if the second tiebreaker is regulation wins, right? Yep. I think it might be Northern, but I'm not 100% sure because I know huh. Bemidji has played a lot of overtime games. Yeah. Uh, so that, I think, would hurt them in that situation. But I guess if Bemidji gets four points, then it won't matter. So I think they can do that against St. I think they'll they're more likely to do that against St. Thomas because I can see them beating St. Thomas than going to overtime with St. Thomas and getting a point and it will be moot. Yeah. But you never know. <laughs> well, and I like I said, I it's gonna be awfully hard for Northern to sweep bowling green to do to to if if Bemidji gets one win this weekend, it's gonna be awfully tough for Northern to tie them. Yeah. And then I guess I also don't know. I mean, I guess Ferris, you could have a three-way tie there too. Yep, and then the and then the tiebreaker gets a lot more complicated too. Although so, uh, it looks like uh, Ferris would likely lose that tiebreaker to Bemidji. I'm just happy that this season it's somebody else doing the Charlie Day conspiracy theory, like where they're going to go to, to to play if they're going to be hosting at all. What's what's the playoff format going to be? That we we're just our the sole focus of this team is just yeah, uh, just be Mankato and don't worry about it. <laughs> my gut tells me it's going to be just like off the top of my head. I think it's going to be Tech Lake State. So you guys at least want to share the McDonald. Mankato, St. Thomas, uh, Bowling Green, Northern, and then Ferris, Bemidji. Like with Bemidji getting the final home ice. That's like what my which Harrison Watt will be really looking forward to uh, (laughs) another trip to Bemidji in his in his in his broadcasting career. Right? Yeah. It it looked according to playoff status, which I don't one hundred percent trust on this. They say that Bemidji is currently behind in the tiebreaker with Bowling Green, which I don't think really matters. Uh, they would lose the tiebreaker to Northern and would win the tiebreaker with Ferris if they finished head-to-head two-way ties. Okay. Uh, But who knows? And this says, uh, yeah, that Bemidji, they they predict Bemidji to win, which obviously makes sense with Bemidji uh, having the lead right now. So, Well, those four matchups that that Jack just mentioned, those are four pretty solid first round matchups. There's some pretty intriguing. Yeah. Minnesota state having to face St. Thomas again, after the way Mm -hmm. things went last year (laughs) and the way things went in their last series this year, like that's, yeah, that that's got some, some juice to it for sure. Like that's Mm -hmm. an intriguing series that 
that I'll be sad that it'll be hard to watch all of that stuff. So, yeah, I think that's that's pretty good. Anything from the Joe Show, guys, that you want to talk about? Just waiting for uh, uh, hoping to get that Tim Horton so it can officially become. Yeah, I, I I was like, like I like. I laughed out loud about that one. <laughs> I love how he said that, and my first thought was, I wonder how much it costs to get a franchise. That'd be kind of cool to run a Tim Hortons in, in Houghton. <laughs> Yeah, for those of you that didn't listen to Joe today, uh, one of the questions was, do you think the Finnish uh, and Canadian players feel like uh, they're at home when they get to Houghton or not? And uh, Joe's <laughs> comment was... Unless Finns, you're from Calgary you know, or Edmonton or Vancouver. Yeah, unless you're from one of the big cities. Yeah, they, they feel at home. All, all that's missing is a Tim Hortons and, and Houghton would be a part of Canada, <laughs> was his comment. So I laughed pretty hard about that. The other thing that was interesting... Um, I had no idea our associate athletic director was a Welsh guy. Yeah, I didn't know I that no either. Clue. I was I was also so I also got a, a kick. I got a big kick out of uh Dirk saying he had a Wales accent and didn't know the, the term Welsh, which I Welsh? Found, I got a kick yeah. out of that very much. I'm like Dirk, it's a Welsh accent. <laughs> yep, yeah. <laughs> oh, and I've actually dealt with him. He's the one that I talked to about the because uh, he's the compliance guy. So both uh uh, Blake and I had to go through him to get the the name likeness rights stuff done for the jersey stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, sure, that was sure. interesting. And then and then uh, having Max on, I really enjoyed Max's Dirk, interview was good too. Uh, yep. I really enjoyed Max uh, Dirk talking about uh, enjoying Max's sarcasm and how hard it must have been for him to not be sarcastic on the radio, <laughs> to turn show, it off. which I thought was good. Yep, and uh, <laughs> which and is some, uh, cool. And some Start. of Dirk's or some of some of the guys' questions for Joe were a little, I don't know, I'd call them rough this week. But I think Joe did a good job of handling them, and and uh, yeah, it was good. I because I I'd laugh that somebody would ask a question about n- Northern over recruiting and expect Joe really to talk about that much. Like I, he's not gonna, <laughs> I, I don't, he's just not gonna go there because it, it, they're not his recruits. Like you can't. He can't talk about the players because they're not his recruits. And if they haven't signed to come in this year, I, I'm guessing he can't talk about them at all. Just like he can't talk about those same kind of players for tech. So that was really interesting trying to w- listen to him navigate that question. Um, but yeah, it was interesting to hear about how, uh, especially how the story of how Reese got to the UP yeah, how he traveled right. as a kid because his dad was a pilot for British Airways, and then uh, randomly gets asked to be a camp counselor for a camp near Crystal Falls, Michigan, which is pretty close to the Wisconsin border for uh, up in the UP. If, uh, for those of you who don't know where that one is, if you don't for some reason, and I laughed about how he's talking about how Crystal Falls is like the middle of nowhere, and I'm like, well, it's kind of not. I mean, it's closer to not being the middle of nowhere than Houghton, but uh, but it does have less. Uh, someone whose final Houghton. destination, as someone's final destination when traveling is Houghton, Crystal Falls is the epitome of the. Oh, we're in the middle of nowhere, not home yet. <laughs> oh no, that's that's you, that's 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 another fifteen miles up the road in Amasa. That's the that's the middle of nowhere. <laughs> sure. The, the closest like... the closest thing to the scene stretch on our drive from the Fox Valley up to Houghton. I feel like from yeah, the coming stretch has been a rough one. What's it's like that, Mellon, Mellon, Wisconsin, right? Like, yeah, if you're coming up for the Twin Cities, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Or that, uh, <laughs> what's the town like, uh, like 
like between Ashland and the casino where there's like nothing for like 15 miles. Oh, that's the reservation. Yeah. yeah. It's, yep. yep. There's nothing on the reservation. And then from the reservation till you get to Michigan, there's nothing again for another like 15 right. miles. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think. So okay, I did a little, I did a little research and apparently um, if, you know, if we want to try to attract more Finnish players, Finland drinks more coffee than any other country per capita so maybe a finnish coffee have, shop have you, would be good and have you seen what happens at the kaliva and the sumi they just go uh, through coffee know, like nobody's business there's a there's a place called arnold's coffee shop it is the um the biggest finnish based coffee shop in finland there is a swedish one that has more locations but that might not go over well um so i think we need to get an arnold coffee shop okay they're all over finland and it looks really good the i would have never thought finland for bagels but these bagels look awesome okay <laughs> i don't think they franchise outside of finland though okay well we can we can break that rule we can we can break that glass <laughs> ceiling pretty easy yeah. if we want we could just show them a picture of all the signs in Hancock that have words that probably don't mean the same thing anymore in Finland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jack, anything else you want to talk about or or uh Wait, I was gonna say Brian did figure out some tiebreakers for Bemidji and Ferris and uh uh Northern, so I I just linked that for you guys. Basically he says that uh um the tiebreaker would be most regulation wins versus the pod. So Northern has five, BSU has three, and Paris has two. So they would win if there was a three-way tie. It would be Northern to get home ice. Uh -huh. um, not what you guys want to hear, but <laughs> so, that, so if so if Bemidji got swept, and Paris and, and Northern split their series Wait. respectively, they'd all be tied. Or yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. Right. I love sloppy end of season scenarios. Oh, whatever so that would be. Like, uh, it's it's downright it's downright enjoyable to look at all those all the options. <laughs> anyway, I got us off track with that, but okay. that was nope, the, that's fine. <laughs> the uh, no one else has ever taken us off track before, Jack. It's the first time. Oh, at least your at least your off track was college hockey <laughs> and CCJ related. <laughs> Anything else you guys want to talk about, or can we wrap it up? I, I have been doing a lot of research here in the background and Arnold's coffee shop is looking for international um, <laughs> franchisees. <laughs> they just opened their first international cafe in Tokyo in 2013, and they are interested in enterprising and motivated master franchise partners to grow internationally. So it, I, it's a match made in heaven, I think. <laughs> One minute remaining in the podcast. Uh, well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out us, check us out on Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Uh, patrons at our white level above get question priority and access to our quarterly Zoom chats if we can actually find time to do those. If you want to help edit the podcast, it'll make it a lot easier for me to have those. So uh, let me know if you want to help out. Uh, we've had John Scott, Joe Sean, uh, Brad Patterson, Cam Ellsworth, um, uh, patrons at the black level or above receive access to extra podcast content, including extended versions of every podcast. Patrons at the gold level or above receive access to the unfiltered YouTube video of our podcast each week, which which Jack was nice enough to turn his camera on for us this week. 
follow us on Twitter at Chasing Mac Pod or at Tech Hockey Guide. Join the conversation on Discord. Uh, you can get there by going to techhockeyguide.com slash Discord. Uh, you can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find the podcast on your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends and drop us a rating, especially on Apple Podcasts. If you give us a five-star review and leave a rating, uh, if you give us a five-star rating and leave a review, Dustin will read the review uh, on the podcast. And once again, thanks to our sponsors, Hoopkey Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, and Livonia Technical Services. Special thanks to Mitch Lake for recording our introduction and our patron saint, Dr. Grezen, for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. And finally, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethankyounotes.bandcamp.com. been listening to the chasing mcnaughton podcast presented by tech hockey guide covering the michigan tech huskies and the ccha